Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. We are in the book of Hosea, and uh, we are up to chapter 4. So we'll begin this morning in Hosea chapter 4 and read chapters 4 and 5. Hosea chapter 4 and 5, this is the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, you Israelites, because the Lord has a charge to bring against you who live in the land. There is no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. There is only cursing, lying, and murder, stealing, and adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Because of this, the land mourns, and all who live in it waste away. The beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea are dying. But let no man bring a charge. Let no man accuse another, for your people are like those who bring charges against a priest. You stumble day and night, and the prophets stumble with you. So I will destroy your mother. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also reject you as my priests. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I also will ignore your children. The more the priests increased, the more they sinned against me. They exchanged their glory for something disgraceful. They feed on the sins of my people and relish their wickedness. And it will be like people, like priests. I will punish both of them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. They will eat but not have enough. They will engage in prostitution but not increase because they have deserted the Lord to give themselves to prostitution, to old wine and new which take away the understanding of my people. They consult a wooden idol and are answered by a stick of wood. A spirit of prostitution leads them astray. They are unfaithful to their God. They sacrifice on the mountaintops and burn offerings on the hills, under oak, poplar, and terebinth, where the shade is pleasant. Therefore your daughters turn to prostitution and your daughters-in-law to adultery. I will not punish your daughters when they turn to prostitution or your daughters-in-law when they commit adultery because the men themselves consort with harlots and sacrifice with shrine prostitutes. A people without understanding will come to ruin. Though you commit adultery, O Israel, let not Judah become guilty. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not go up to Beth-Avon. Do not swear as surely as the Lord lives. The Israelites are stubborn, like a stubborn heifer. How then can the Lord pasture them like lambs in a meadow? Ephraim is joined to idols. Leave him alone. Even when their drinks are gone, they continue their prostitution. Their rulers dearly love shameful ways. A whirlwind will sweep them away. 
and their sacrifices will bring them shame. Hear this, you priests. Pay attention, you Israelites. Listen, O royal house. This judgment is against you. You have been a snare at Mizpah, a net spread out on Tabor. The rebels are deep in slaughter. I will discipline all of them. I know all about Ephraim. Israel is not hidden from me. Ephraim, you have now turned to prostitution. Israel is corrupt. Their deeds do not permit them to return to their God. A spirit of prostitution is in their heart. They do not acknowledge the Lord. Israel's arrogance testifies against them. The Israelites, even Ephraim, stumble in their sin. Judah also stumbles with them. When they go with their flocks and herds to seek the Lord, they will not find him. He has withdrawn himself from them. They are unfaithful to the Lord. They give birth to illegitimate children. Now their new moon festivals will devour them and their fields. Sound the trumpet in Gibeah, the horn in Ramah. Raise the battle cry in Beth-Avon. Lead on, O Benjamin. Ephraim will be laid waste on the day of reckoning. Among the tribes of Israel I proclaim what is certain. Judah's leaders are like those who move boundary stones. I will pour out my wrath on them like a flood of water. Ephraim is oppressed, trampled in judgment, intent on pursuing idols. I am like a moth to Ephraim, like rot to the people of Judah. When Ephraim saw his sickness and Judah his sores, then Ephraim turned to Assyria and sent to the great king for help. But he is not able to cure you not able to heal your sores, for I will be like a lion to Ephraim, like a great lion to Judah. I will tear them to pieces and go away. I will carry them off with no one to rescue them. Then I will go back to my place until they admit their guilt, and they will seek my face. In their misery, they will earnestly seek me. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Well, folks, this isn't a fun story at all. This is one series of unhappy statements after another. But what troubles me the most is that as the Lord sets out his charges against these people, it sounds as if he's describing our culture when he's talking about how wicked the people of Israel are, he could be describing America. Now, I have theologian friends who always want to point out that we must not confuse America with Israel. Okay, let me just clarify something. America is not Israel. But if God was upset with Israel when they acted this way, why in the world would America think God's not going to be upset with us when we act this way? Don't try and be so sophisticated theologically and educationally that you miss the obvious. This is what upset God. There's no faithfulness, no love, no acknowledgement of God in the land. There's only cursing, lying, and murder, stealing, and adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. We have a violent country, 
and a culture where kids grow up entertaining themselves with games where we're just blowing people away left and right. Something's wrong with this picture. If that's our entertainment. Are you saying it's wrong to play video games? No, I'm saying you better be careful what you find entertaining. Is it okay if guys get to be good shots so that they can be prepared to defend their homes and their homeland? Yeah. But if you're starting to have fantasies about how much fun it would be to blow somebody away, you're on the wrong path. We live in a culture where violence is rampant. And tragically, the most dangerous place in America, statistically speaking, is inside a mother's womb. Because we lose more people from that location than we do in any other place. Because our highest courts and our most powerful political machines, with the approval of the American people, and the cooperation of the medical community have conspired to make sure that if a mom doesn't want her child to be born, she can have it torn limb from limb, burned to death with chemicals, skull crushed, spine snapped, ripped from her loins. Something's very wrong with this picture. You think God doesn't care? The Israelites thought God didn't care. They were still engaging in religion. But they'd forgotten God. And there was no real love and there was no real faithfulness. The land was filled with cursing and lying and murder and stealing and adultery. And that sounds way too much like America. Thank you for listening to Abiding in Christ with Pastor Jim Wood. Pastor Wood is a popular speaker for family and marriage retreats, conferences, and pro-life fundraisers. If you are planning an event, a retreat, or conference and would like to invite Pastor Wood to speak or teach, please visit wvr.org and fill out our speaker request form. At this site, you will also find over a dozen books authored by Pastor Wood and his wife Susan. Again, please visit wvr.org today. To step out of my comfort zone into the realm of Because of this the land mourns and all who live in it waste away. The beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea are dying. You know what our problem is? It's not global warming. It's sin. It's rebellion against God. Now, even the people who put together the reports on global warming turn out to have been lying. The Nobel-winning report that talked about the ice caps there just disappearing turn out uh, when we said they were going to be gone in 2035. Turns out that was not based on science. That was based on something somebody would read in a newspaper. Really? So is this a rant against global warming? No. It's another example of the fact that lying is rampant in our culture. We predicate our politics and our economics on lies. 
And people take for granted when politicians promise what they're going to do that it's a lie. And that's why when it turns out to be a lie, people are like, oh, what do you expect? It was a campaign promise. Our land is filled with lies. But you know what God says? God says what really ticks me off is that those who had my word didn't teach the people my ways. The reason that the people behave in a lawless manner is because they don't even know what the law says. Because those who had the law didn't teach the law. Do you know what really gripes me? Churches where they don't really teach the scriptures. They talk about all kinds of stuff. They talk about God. They talk about Jesus. But they never get around to studying the Bible. Because, you know, some people would find that a bit off-putting. Or it might make some people upset. Because the Bible says things that, well, frankly, can make people feel guilty. I think what's wrong with a lot of people in the church is they don't have a good enough self-image. Oh, really? I think the opposite self-image problem is much more rampant in our churches, and that is people thinking of themselves more highly than they ought to think. That's why people are always astonished when they come here to Wears Valley Ranch and they find out that I keep telling the children over and over, we all deserve to go to hell. We deserve hell. That's what's so amazing about God's grace, that he would save a wretch like me. If we do not present what God says about right and wrong, people will never realize they deserve hell, need a Savior, Jesus is their only hope. They'll never believe the gospel if they haven't understood the law of God. And in our churches today, we no longer want to talk about the law of God. It's all about grace. And I'm just telling you, it's putrid. And our society no longer even knows right from wrong. And a huge percentage, if not the majority, of young people in so-called evangelical churches don't believe that Jesus lived a sinless life. Well, why would they believe that when nobody ever told them? And you can understand why people didn't tell them because it would require them to talk about sin. Let me tell you something about Jesus. He's God. But the reason he showed up was to die on the cross to pay for our sins because you and I deserve hell. And if he hadn't come to take our punishment, all of us would forever be separated from God and tormented in a lake of fire. And anybody who doesn't come to him crying out for mercy and receiving him as their boss, owner, ruler, king, that person is still going to end up in the lake of fire. Well, what about people who've never heard? Does the Bible say anything about what's going to happen to people who've never heard? Uh, yeah, actually it does. You know what's going to happen to them? They're going to spend forever in the lake of fire. 
Because God says that is what we all deserve. The reason people are going to go to hell is not because they've never heard, it's because that's what we deserve. They're not going to go to hell because nobody preached the gospel to them. They're going to go to hell because they sinned against God. Well, but they didn't have the law. They knew enough. Read Romans 1. They knew enough that they are without excuse. Because they didn't live up to the light they had. But what if somebody's out there in the jungle and he's doing his best? He's not! All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us turned away from the light we had. This is the judgment, John chapter 3. The light has come into the world and men preferred the darkness because their deeds are evil. So God says here, I really despise the way that the people of Israel are behaving. But the ones I hold most accountable are those who had the information and failed to teach it to other people. Guess what, folks? Increasingly, that's going to be you. You're not going to be able to leave this place and say, well, I, I never heard. I didn't have a Bible in my own language. I, I didn't have any opportunity. Every single one of you has the opportunity. You want to know what God says? Study the book. You want to know right from wrong? Spelled out. And you not only have a responsibility to depend upon God's grace and seek by the power of the Holy Spirit to walk in obedience, you have a responsibility to tell others in this culture that lying is not okay, that adultery is not okay, that drunkenness is not okay. You have a responsibility to be salty salt and shining lights. The priests not only didn't teach the people, verse 6, but they literally fed on the sins of the people. What does that mean? Well, it's kind of a play on words, but one of the more obvious interpretations is the fact that when the people sinned, they had to bring a sacrifice, and that's what the priests ate. The priests saw their livelihood as being a comfortable living. You see, it's okay if people go out and do terrible stuff as long as they come back to church and put their money in the plate. And so instead of calling people to repentance and teaching them to depend on God themselves, we have in our day, in our culture, an approach even among so-called evangelicals that calls people to think, you need me to be your priest. You need me. I'm the guru. I'm the go-to guy. You know the goal of my teaching? I want you to understand in the simplest terms possible that God in his word tells us what we need to know so that you will understand how to go to God's word for yourself and say, Lord, show me the truth here. I want you to understand the good stuff is his stuff. God makes that available to all his children. And you don't have to be over 30 to understand it. 
God says he's going to punish the priests and the people for their deeds. And he says they're going to end up unsatisfied and they're going to end up continuing in sin. A spirit of prostitution leads them astray. They're unfaithful to their God. They sacrifice on the mountaintops and burn offerings on the hills under oak, poplar, and terebinth where the shade is pleasant. Please notice that phrase. Where the shade is pleasant. In other words, they are very religious and they're engaged in religion here and here and here because they're doing what feels good religiously. They're doing what feels good religiously. You know what's wrong with tons of our churches today? It's all about trying to make everybody feel good. That is typical of pagan idolatry. God says he's not going to punish the daughters and the daughters-in-law for their prostitution because that's to be expected when the men are sexually immoral. I grew up in a culture that was so schizophrenic that it thought it was cute for a young man to go, quote, sow his wild oats, but women were supposed to be pure. Well, who did they think the young men were sowing their wild oats with? Now we've got not only a bunch of brazenly immoral young women, but we've got a generation of young people who are so bored with heterosexual perversion that they've decided to start experimenting with same-sex perversion. And we've got a government and a media conglomerate that promotes it. And you think this country has a future and a hope? Let me tell you, the only hope for America is Jesus. Not some politician, not some political party, the only hope for America is repentance. And those of us who are Christians are where the repentance needs to start. If the world can't see a difference between the way we behave and the way they behave, we've got nothing to offer. Chapter 5, verse 4 and following, their deeds do not permit them to return to their God. A spirit of prostitution is in their heart. They do not acknowledge the Lord. They're arrogant. So God describes the way that he will judge. And he uses a metaphor here that is the same that Jeremiah uses in his prophecy. He describes himself as being like a moth and like rot. When rot gets into wood, you don't know it. You don't say, you know, hmm, I'm looking at that wall over there and I think underneath the paint that thing's rotten. Mm -mm. The rot just continues to work and permeate until one day you go to nail something up and your hammer goes through the wall and you realize, uh-oh, we got a problem. Moths quietly get into your woolens and they lay their eggs and when those little buggers hatch, they eat their way out of your sweater. And you don't realize you've got a moth problem till you go put that thing on and say, where'd these holes come from? God says that is one of the ways he's going to judge his people. He's going to do it in ways that they won't even recognize what's going on until all of a sudden it's too late. 
But then God says something else about what he's going to do to his people. He says he's going to be like a lion. And he's going to tear them to pieces. You need to know something about God. He's not to be trifled with. And you better take seriously what God says in his word about his wrath. Or you will never appreciate the amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.